Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good morning, afternoon. Welcome to a new week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, and we appreciate you tuning in each and every day. Opening segment of today's Eagle Hour is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good friends, Right next to the mall here in Hattiesburg, serving delicious barbecue and great trimmings uh, seven days a week. You can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, through the take-home, however you choose. Just be sure that you choose Dickie's Barbecue. We're going to join Luke Johnson out at Pete Taylor Park here in a moment. Before we do, just want to issue our congratulations uh, to Coach John Stewart and his ladies for winning the first ever Indoor Conference USA Women's Track and Field Championship We've got Coach Stewart coming on the Eagle Hour Wednesday. We cannot wait to talk to him about uh, this great, great weekend that they had. And again, our congratulations to the women's track and field team, Conference USA Indoor Champions at Southern Miss. Very, very proud uh, for each and every uh, young woman that's a part of that group. All right, Luke Johnson joins me today. Luke is at Pete Taylor Park where we're seeing the third game of a three-game set between Northwestern State and Southern Miss. And Luke, the Eagles off to a much better start than what we saw in the nightcap last night. Get us up to date. Good Monday to you, Bob. Yeah, congratulations to the ladies' first conference championship this year for the for Southern Miss, and you can be looking forward to talking to Coach Stewart. Eagles are winning right now, five to nothing, in the bottom of the third. Uh, got some runners on in the first. Christopher Sargent had a, uh, an RBI single, and then um, Reed Tremble scored on on an error. And then in the in the bottom of the second. Uh, Eagles, Reed Trimble hit a three-run bomb. And I'm in the roost right now. By the way, Bob, we're hanging out with Jody Lott, and uh, we've been eating boiled shrimp and deer sausage and been thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> I'm sure you so have. We have. But it was an absolute rocket. Um, almost made it to the fence uh, at the back of the roost. And so Eagles are up 5 to nothing. And the situation right now is uh, Eagles have runners on first and third. McGillis is on third. Lynch is on first. And there's been a pitching change for Northwestern State, but five to nothing, Golden Eagles in the bottom of the third. Baseball such an unpredictable game, and anybody can win any game. Luke, yesterday was a great example of that—a tale of two tales, really. Golden Eagles really dominant in the first game, and then give credit to Northwestern State, which we knew coming in here was a high-caliber baseball program. I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand that. Thirty-eight wins and a regional team uh, the year before the COVID year, and twelve and four. Uh, when COVID hit last year. So they're a very good program, but they dominated the second game yesterday. Yeah, the first game, Eagles did a nice job early. Montenegro did a great job getting on base, and uh, D.J. Lynch uh, hit a ball, and actually uh, the center fielder for Northwestern, I was back here in the roost, and, and the ball, he caught the ball, and then the ball fell out of his glove or the fence, so Lynch got credit for the home run. And uh, in the first game, I mean, what can you say about Hunter Stanley, I mean, he's the guy supposed to be third in the rotation, and he has 13 strikeouts in six innings, and then 
Aubrey Gillenstein came in and, and got the save after three three innings. But as good as the Eagles were in game uh, game one, game two, man, they got on base um, and they stranded uh, eleven actually in game two. And while we're talking here, is a sack fly. McKillis came in to score, and so the Eagles up now six to nothing in the bottom of the third. But yeah, Golden Eagles left eleven, including uh, bases loaded twice. You hear the gong in the background, right? right. All right, go ahead, Luke. But uh, 11, 11 men left on base is something that Coach Barry said in uh, in the post game. Just they didn't have crucial hits, key hits when they needed to. You know, we got a lot of kids that came back from last year's team. I guess the only uh, the only real uh, field position player that uh, that left was uh, Matthew Matthew Gig- uh, Gidry. But it did seem like I was hearing a lot of new names yesterday, some new faces uh, making some appearances yesterday, Luke. Yeah, it was four guys in the lineup that were new. Christopher Sargent, the first baseman, he batted third. Slade Wilkes uh, from Columbia, played in right field, batted fifth. Uh, Blake Johnson um, started game one behind the plate. Michael Wayne, um, pinch hit. Um, some are kind of occupied the DH spot. And then Reese Ewing played a lot yesterday, too, so... Golden Eagles have a, several new faces, and some of the old regulars are in there also. Well, it's just good to get baseball underway. It's unfortunate that uh, the series got pushed back, but, of course, another big series uh, coming into town this weekend. So as you looked at the uh, first two games and what you've seen here today, what's your what's your initial thoughts about this uh, new squad? I was kind of concerned about the strikeouts coming in, and Coach Barry told us also you know, that was some of the things he was concerned about. Eagles had five strikeouts in the first game, but they had 12 in game two. And, uh, you know, you got to credit the, the starting pitcher for Northwestern um, last night, Cal Carver. Uh, he, he located his balls well, and the relievers came in and, and uh, did a nice job. One thing I've seen today, Golden Eagles been kind of suckers for curveballs. Um, they fit the fastball pretty well. and You just wonder if that's a uh, something here specifically. Uh, with these pitchers. There's a lot of scouts that we're looking at the uh, Northwestern starter today, but the Eagles have already knocked him out of the game. Um, on the pitching side, I mean, Golden Eagles, Golden Eagles struck out 19 batters in the, in the second game. And that was the, the big story yesterday in game two on the, on the pitching side was Chandler Best um, didn't have a good outing, uh, got, got uh, chased after a little over two innings. And then Ben Etheridge, who was a freshman All-American last year, Comes in in relief and strikes out 12. You had one pitcher in, in game one strike out 13 and one pitcher in game two strike out 12. So 25 between Stanley and Etheridge. That, that's a, that's a, a good sign. Um, so Golden Eagles seems like to be able, like they've been able to do today, is to get key hits when they got guys on base. All right, we've got about three and a half minutes left before I let you go, and we're going to come back out to the roost and talk to Jody Lott in just a few minutes. But I want to talk a little bit about this track and field team. You and I are big fans of John Stewart, and he's been on the show a lot. We'll be back on the show Wednesday. But, you know, Luke, just when you think maybe things settle down just a little bit for track and field, here they come and and pull off this uh, championship. How big is this in the history of Southern Miss track and field? Well, I mean, Anytime you have one team that, that wins the first conference championship in their sport, they'll always be remembered simply because they were the first ones to do it and set the standard high. I mean, the previous, the, 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 the ladies won a conference championship, but it was outdoor a few years back. But this is the first indoor. And 
it, you know, if you're a track and field athlete, what's really cool is you have multiple opportunities in a span of about four or five months to win championships individually and as a team. And they're the first ones to do it. And, you know, we were wondering, um, you know, there's been a lot of change in Coach Stewart's staff in the last three or four years. And that shows nationally what people think about Southern Miss track and field. But, you know, it, it wasn't obviously wasn't just the assistants doing it. John Stewart's the man. <laughs> and now we've right. got another conference championship and uh some of our you know cross-country runners yesterday kate maddox and some of those other ladies had, had outstanding performances and just really really cool we were talking about it here at the roost and it's really cool to see you know baseball fans really pumped up by track and field too yeah was it unexpected um I'm, had we kind of overlooked how good they were i don't think any of us expected them to go out there and win the conference championship well some of the in the indoor season some of the uh the stuff has been on the men's side. The focus, you know, with Trey Johnson winning some of the sprints and Corville Todd being sixth uh, nationally right now in the high jump. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I wasn't looking for them to, to do that. I knew they could finish pretty high, but I wasn't expecting a championship. No, I agree. Well, a uh, minute, minute and a half left. Uh, I, you know, when we when we talk about basketball this year, you know, it just seems <laughs> – it just seems like every bad break comes their way. Basketball gets a good road win uh, to open the weekend series, and then the second game against a team that is, it appears they they were capable of beating twice gets postponed. Yeah, and, and what you saw Friday was the Tay Hardy you've been kind of waiting to see all year, not only distributing the ball well, he made nice jump shots um, in and around the, the free throw line. I mean, made some nice outside shots and you know Tyler Stevenson of course played really well yeah it's just unfortunate and, and from everything we've seen and heard the COVID you know delay was on our side and so that puts um, Florida Atlantic series this weekend in, into question um, just seems like it was just one or maybe two Southern Miss players affected by it but the good news is Rice and UTEP did play both of their series got canceled so the Eagles now only one game back but they've got to win two so Rice or UTEP needs to lose two this weekend. Golden Eagles could win two, and they could still somehow manage to get into the tournament. Got All right, Luke, uh, any change in the score before I let you go? Six to nothing. Eagles still on the bottom of the third, two outs. Men on second and uh, first and second. Dickerson's on second. Montenegro is on first. And Reed Trimble's at the plate. He's already got a three-run homer. So, Eagles looking to score some more here. And the Eagles uh, get no rest. They go on the road and play always, always good South Alabama. Uh, tomorrow night, so I need to hang on, Luke. And Bob Trimble has done it again. His, his second three-run home run of the game. He goes up nine to nothing. All right, live from Pete Taylor Park, Luke Johnson. We're going to go back out to the roost on the other side of the break. Everybody, stay right where you at. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon online, wherever you might be tuned in. This segment of the show is sponsored, as it is every day, by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. What a great crew that uh, Kathleen and her guys are on CampusBookmart.net. You can uh, buy your stuff in the store six days a week. You can buy it online, CampusBookmart.net. Or you can call, and they will uh, help you over the phone and then mail the stuff right to your house. They make it very easy to have the latest Southern Miss apparel and swag at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. All right, Golden Eagles rolling this afternoon in the rubber game against Northwestern State. We're going to go back out to Pete Taylor Park. I've got my good buddy Jody Lott with me from in the middle of the roost. Jody, are you guys having a good kickoff to the 2021 season? Great day, great day. Uh, second game yesterday wasn't too good, but uh, I think after the second game last night, we had a good old-fashioned come-to-Jesus meeting from Scott Berry, and uh, things are looking better today. And I, I just I, I can't help but uh, comment on the great sacrifice that Luke Johnson has made by volunteering to go out there and do a live report. And something tells me he found his way to the free food. Oh, he, he's there now. He's been there ever since he got here. The only time he's been away is when he was talking to you. <laughs> he's been eating ever since he got there, right? <laughs> yes, correct. So, Jody, yesterday afternoon, uh, about midway through the game, I, I walked down by the uh, picnic area down there, and uh, I, I saw the I saw the kid from right field for Northwestern, and he was just back and forth, back and forth, very friendly, had a big smile on his face, but back and forth with guys up in the roost who I think were picking at him, and he was picking right back. Earlier this week when we interviewed the coach at Northwestern State, he commented on the atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park and how his kids enjoyed coming down there and playing. Uh, you know, it's just kind of hard to, to put a description on just how fun it is when baseball kicks off at the Pete. And uh, what, a, what a great time to have it back now, Jody. Well, it's been a long time coming. It seems like we got cheated out of last year, but it is what it is. But, uh, no, speaking of the right fielder yesterday, uh, he he was a good sport Uh they talked to him, and he would talk back. And most of the time, you cannot get a reply out of him. But this this guy, uh, I think they got to him about middle ways of the first game. Uh, I think they had him shook a little bit. <laughs> I also saw that uh, when the center fielder dropped what was turned out to be a home run over the fence. It would have been a it would have been a spectacular catch. But he had it in his glove for a second, banged up against the wall. Ball comes out, and I could I could hear the guys on the other end of the roost giving him jazz. Yeah, uh, the thing about that hit is the, the people sitting up where I'm at, everybody thought he caught the ball. Uh-huh, and right. then when we saw the umpire, you know, make the sign, you know, of course, everybody was happy. Right, yeah, no question. But, but I, I tell you, this uh, Trimble kid that hit the first home run out earlier, uh, it was a shot. Uh, and I, I've seen a lot of balls go out of here, but uh, that that was a shot. And then he just hit his second. Yeah, he's hit two today. So uh, yeah, yes. a lot, lot of, yep. lot of reason to be very, very excited uh, about this baseball team. And you don't, you know, you don't, you don't look at a at a loss uh, in the first series of the season and pay much attention to it because you, I think you, I think any good baseball team has to play eight or ten games to begin to get its legs under it a little bit. You agree? Well, Bob, the thing about this team is you've got so many new faces and they're so young. Uh, they just now put in a game-type situation, and they've got to learn to play together. And when one's down, the other guy pick him up. And uh, it's, it's a learning curve to, to start the season, but we knew there were going to be a few bumps. But uh, I, I think we'll be fine. 
Jody, your observation of how things are going the first weekend under the restrictions uh, that the that the school and all the schools in Mississippi are under right now. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is is throw out some thanks and kudos to our AD Jeremy McLean. Uh, he pulled off uh, something great to make it feel like a, a normal atmosphere. And honestly, the crowd that was there yesterday, it was hard to tell the difference from a, from a normal crowd. And they they have gone above and beyond to, to make it happen. Have you seen any difficulties or any issues? Everybody seemed to be going along with the, the new program? Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I mean, everybody, everybody's been dealing with this for a year now, so... Uh, it's just second nature, so uh, we'll just deal with it as it comes. All right, let's talk for a minute while I've got you on the phone. I know you want to get back to the ball game, but I got you, so I'm not going to let you go for a few more minutes. Uh, I, uh, for people that may not be aware, let's go back to the genesis of the roost and how that got started. Who's responsible for that? We know that it's become a great tradition now, obviously, but it, there had to be a starting point. Well, uh, it all started the first year of the stadium this year, of course, Looked nothing like it does now, 1984. A couple of buddies and myself, there was a barbed wire fence in the back. We'd throw our chairs over in the back and we'd sit out in the smogging. Uh, Make a long story short, Hill Denson shows up right at the end of the season. He said, I'm going to sell these spots out here next year if you want one. Well, hey, we ended up and paid it right then. Uh, won't, Won't say right now, but that check with a bounce higher than a rubber ball if he wanted to catch, or catch, or catch that day. <laughs> but needless to say, uh, at the start of the 85 season is when we started with the spots, and we started out with 10, and then we moved to 20, and now we're at 40. And they stay sold out, don't they, Jody? Well, years ago, they had a waiting list, and it, it got so old. You know, nobody moving up till they just got away with the waiting list. And now if there's an opening, which there never is, it's based on priority giving as far as the Eagle Club and, and uh, other foundation gifts. And, Jody, I guess through the years, you kind of everybody kind of gets to know everybody. It's basically the same people uh, out there every year. So it, uh, it gets to be uh, kind of like a family get-together almost. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you, you've got uh, – Different spots we'll get together and cook and this sort of thing. And, uh, I mean, there, there's something going on out here every weekend where it's boiling crawfish, boiling shrimp, frying fish. Uh, it, it's just a good atmosphere. I hate to ask since I'm stuck here in the studio, but what was on the menu today at uh, at Jody Lott's headquarters? Well, we had some uh, good Perry County deer sausage. We had some boiled shrimp and numerous dips. Wow. And chips. And so my guy Luke, he shows up right when the shrimp start boiling. I'm going to guess between between Lee Applewhite and Luke, the shrimp are gone. Right. Well, there's no question. You know that we knew that when the shrimp boiling began, Lee Applewhite would show up. He's a master at showing up when things are free. Have you ever right. noticed Luke, that about him? Lee always shows up when it's just coming out the grill. Right. I and, mean, right. He he's just got a knack for knowing. Uh, I mean, you can see him in the stands down there, and then all of a sudden he gets up, wanders out here, and it's just coming off the grill. Right. Well, let me assure you, then he wanders back in the stadium when people there are preparing their meals as well. (laughs) I think Lee's sort of like a chipmunk. He stores the food up in his cheeks when it's free at the ball field. (laughs) 
Oh, that's a true story there. Uh, You know, there's a couple minutes left, and I'll let you go. We talk about that family atmosphere out at the Roost. You know, it's the same way within the stadium. My wife and I were discussing that uh, over the last couple of days. And the unique thing about baseball is that, you know, in the 11 years that we've come back to Hattiesburg, we've started immediately going to baseball. And it's the, it's the same thing in the stands, uh, Jody. It's the same people that sit around you every year. You get to know them. They become friends. And the socializing is almost as much fun as the ball game itself. Well, the big, the big thing, too, Bob, if you stop and think about it, most of those people you do not see until the next baseball season. Correct. Right. That's exactly right. And and then it's just you pick up right where you left off the year before. And uh it's just unique, and it's a great atmosphere. And I think this year it's going to be better than ever because we missed so much last year. It was uh, it was so disheartening not to have our baseball team. I told Coach Barry uh, last week that I, I think the, the weekend series getting underway is just a real shot in the arm for the morale of everybody in the community. I'm sure you agree with that. Yes. Uh, Bob, now, if you wanted to see something that was, that was just – I don't know, dejection, whatever was Friday when the team's out here on the field practicing and uh, broke the news to them that we wouldn't be playing until Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were dejected. They were down. And, uh, you know, Coach Oz and Travis, you know, had them get them back up. Said, look, we're still playing. It's just going to be delayed today because these guys are ready to play. Right. And uh, you can only you can only scrimmage so much. uh and they just kind of lose their attention, and uh, this is what we needed to be playing somebody else. Right. Uh, South Alabama tomorrow night, then another big series next weekend with UConn in the Pete. That should be exciting. Uh, UConn is going to surprise a lot of people because UConn is better than this bunch we're playing this weekend, and this team here is no slouch. No. Uh, the one thing I'll throw in there to you about playing South Alabama, uh I think you'll remember the Strickland kid that pitched for us a few years ago, Hunter Strickland. Right. He's the pitching coach at South. Oh, is that right? Yes. So a lot of connections, so, uh, and that's another great college baseball program, no question about that. Hey, they're, ever since the days of Eddie Stanky, they've always been there at the end. Uh, they, they've been kind of like us in years past. Uh, they don't have the most money, but they put out the best product possible. Yeah. All right, Jody, I really appreciate your time. You go back to the ball game. Thanks for your friendship, buddy, and uh, thanks for all you do to help me out. And uh, enjoy the rest of the game, Jody Lott. I'm going to do it. To the top. All right, brother. Jody Lott, everybody, live from Pete Taylor Park. The Golden Eagles rolling this afternoon against Northwestern State. Baseball 2021 back in Hattiesburg. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty broadcasting live today from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg, and we appreciate you tuning in. This segment of the show is sponsored by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Great plate lunches Monday through Friday, just $8.95. Hadn't gone up a penny since we started advertising that a couple of years back. Uh, and the food is just as good as always. Uh, they're open every day, and it's just a great place to go relax, enjoy some 
Southern Miss memorabilia, some great food, and they really do have good food. And, of course, your favorite adult beverages all at 4th Street Bar and Grill. All right, we're going to come back to the studios now uh, from P. Taylor Park. Golden Eagles leading 9 to nothing uh, in that rubber game with Northwestern State. Uh, looks like the Eagles will go on to win the series, but a good showing by uh, both schools uh, on the opening weekend, and I, I think it's just a good way to a good way to start out the season with a real quality program uh, from Louisiana. All right, Kelly Sander joins us uh, now, and uh, Kelly, uh, I want to get to softball and some basketball stuff, but I, you know, you just can't say enough about John Stewart and and the great accomplishment of the women's track team this weekend at the conference championships. Yeah, but can I, Bob? Before we get to that, can I just put a postscript on what you said about Fourth Street Bar and Grill? Sure. Because of course, um, uh, on last night, actually, you know, the demons of Northwestern State, they went back to their hotel at the Marriott Courtyard, and Fourth Street Bar and Grill actually uh, was the food where they got their food. And it was ca- the catfish and the hush puppies and coleslaw and and the whole bit. And I happened to be over there, and you know, ran into Coach Barbier and and the players. And uh, they and they were going, man. They said this is the best catfish I've ever had. I said it's funny you say that because Bob Getty, my colleague, says the same thing. It is that that it's yeah. a, and it's and it's a secret. It's a secret rub that 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 uh, Slade and those guys actually put together themselves. It, when you when you talk about secret recipes, it really is. They just kind of experiment, you know, with this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the players was going as as they were saying that one of the player said this is fish <laughs> i said yeah man that's catfish he goes i don't eat fish and, and, and the other guys were going well you didn't eat fish but uh um, well so i'm were- glad slay got the business and i'm glad those kids enjoyed it because I, I i've learned over the past few weeks for uh, past few days i uh, should say since talking to the head coach and then being around uh the you know the atmosphere yesterday just that's a first-class organization, and you wish those kids and their coaches nothing but success all year long, Kelly. Yeah, and and Slade can also be glad to know that there was nothing left. Those guys, yeah, they plowed, they plowed it, huh? <laughs> they tore it up. <laughs> yeah, Conference USA Indoor Track and Field Championships completed over the weekend in Birmingham. The men's championship went to Charlotte for the second year in a row. The Niners compiled a total of 177 points, and to show you how dominant. The Niners were in that performance this weekend. The second-place team from UTSA came in with 114. So Charlotte won it going away with 177 points, UTSA with 114 points. On the women's side, congratulations to the Lady Eagles. The Lady Eagles win their first-ever indoor track championship. 109 was their point total, with Charlotte right behind them at 104. And it might as well be four because uh, the Lady Eagles come out with the Conference USA Championship. And the freshman Cassidy Teuscher of USM uh, was named the freshman of the year with her performance this weekend. And the men's 400-meter, Trey Johnson just continues to rack up honors. He won it with a uh, 47.68 second time. And in the women's 200-meter, the vet Green from Southern Miss went to the tape. First, if a... Uh, time of 24.21 seconds. So congratulations to Trey Johnson on the men's side and Zavette Green on the women's side for Southern Miss, both of them uh, capturing the top spot on the pedestal. And the national championship now will be next for both of these teams. Uh, They will go to the national championships March 11th through the 13th in Fayetteville, 
Arkansas. So good luck to the Eagles track teams now as they go on to Nationals March 11th through the 13th. In baseball in Conference USA, FAU had quite a weekend, especially Caleb Pendleton, a true freshman for FAU. Welcome to Conference USA. All Caleb Pendleton did in his first game as an owl and as a true freshman, his first at bat, he went up there and hit a grand slam home run in the first inning, in his first at bat. His second at bat, he goes up, and guess what he did? He hit another grand slam. Oh, and by the way, Bob, those were both in the same inning. Wow, isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's never been done before. So, uh, man, you talk about getting a hot start. Yeah. You can call it beginner's luck if you want, but his first two at-bats as a true freshman, both are grand slams, <laughs> both in the first inning. Uh, and finally, be careful from our be careful what you ask for department. Oklahoma football player Spencer Jones, who is an all-everything wide receiver, went to a bar this weekend in Norman and probably got a little bit more than he asked for. Now Spencer Jones is six foot one, 190 pounds, and is a terrific football player. And it might have been the alcohol talking, but decided to pick a fight with somebody who was five seven and 145 pounds. What he didn't realize was that the man who was 5'7 and 145 pounds just happened to be a national MMA mixed martial arts champion. <laughs> Long story short, he took Spencer Jones down and beat him so badly that Spencer Jones may lose an eye, which that certainly is not funny. No. But, uh, and Spencer Jones actually, as I'm told, is in surgery right now, uh, in eye surgery right now but um don't 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 let size fool you and certainly don't let alcohol get the best of you uh if no. you're a football player or any other athlete because here's a five seven one forty five pound guy who beat the stew uh, uh, a guy who was six one one ninety so there you go uh, kelly nothing ever good comes good from uh drinking too much and starting fights in a bar it never turns out well no, and you know when it, when all this COVID stuff you know started coming out, and and mayors and governors were making decisions about closing bars, you know, early and things like that. And it's generally with younger people because you know you get to be our age, right. much as we'd like to stay up late. We don't. Which, no, we just can't. You no. know, um, and and the old adage, you know, when you were growing up too, your parents would say, "Look, nothing good happens after midnight." They were right. You know, um, so. I, w- I would like to see places, you know, stay open a little bit later. But you're right; there there are more risks uh, involved when things are no. open later. And um, no question, but, you know, <laughs> to be young like that and have that testosterone flowing, and then yeah, you mix alcohol in there, and yes, yeah, somebody not, looking at you deadly combo, yeah, deadly combo. All right, I want to talk to you uh, for a couple minutes. We got left in this segment about basketball. The, the women. A frustrating weekend in a sense. They they lose yeah. a one point overtime game uh, to Florida International in the opener. Come back and and really play well. Win seventy six uh, to sixty. I, I still continue to be pretty impressed with the way Joy Lee has these girls playing. When you consider that there are like three or four freshmen getting a lot of time on the floor, Kelly. And you and you hope that because of the COVID provision that they're going to be able to to get a, you know another year that that people will be able to stick around and that the players themselves will see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, that it, it has been a rough season, uh, more so on the men's side probably than the women's side. 
Um, but but if they can if they can see that light at the end of the tunnel and they get a few more pieces in here, um, you know you, you hope that that they'll be able to keep the guys together and only improve upward and onward. And then you know on the men's side to to play so well in the opener, uh, and then to get the COVID news to where you know one guy gets COVID and then they have, he has to drive you know away from the rest of the team has to drive home all the way from from South Florida, and then they can't get that second game in. Man, it's just been it's just been a mess. Uh, there's you know? an old expression, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Yeah, remember on Hee Haw? I old, think uh, that's, the, that's the basketball logo this year for the men's team. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I, you know, the, the goal was to make the conference tournament. Uh-huh. That uh, hurt not to play that game, too. Yeah, and it's and it doesn't look like like they're going to make that post. But but if that's the case that they don't make the conference tournament, then then you almost have to have the attitude of well, good riddance to this season, right? You know, let's just let's just put it behind us and and really start focusing on on what's ahead now in the off season and then next year when by all means, uh, you know, by all rights anyway, we should have this COVID thing under control. I mean, the state of Mississippi now is reporting what three straight days of no deaths. Yeah, um, things are on the up and up. There's no question. Yeah, so and so so put this one behind us and let's just focus on next season. And it'll be interesting to see what Coach Clarence Weatherspoon has to say. He'll be our guest on the Eagle Hour on on Wednesday, right? And so he'll get a chance to talk about the FAU series coming up no. uh, this weekend in Hattiesburg. So we have the great Spoon on Wednesday. Coach Barry will be joining us tomorrow. Normally would would have been on the show today, but obviously they're playing right now. At Pete Taylor Park. And softball's off to a good start, Kelly. They sweep Southern University pretty easy over the weekend. Eight zip, nine zip, six one. I think they're like six and two to start the season. So uh, some optimism here as a spring is beginning to spring, so to speak. And uh, COVID seems to be gradually fading away. And we're into some pretty good spring sports. Well, as, as COVID fades away, here comes pollen. It was actually pollen from my car this morning. Followed by hurricane season. More optimistic news on the Eagle Hour as Kelly and I will continue in the fourth segment. Stay with us. to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, broadcasting this afternoon from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. This last segment of the show sponsored by D1 and DBAT Training, and uh, what a magnificent facility that is on Hardy Street. Catherine uh, from DBAT will actually be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow, I believe it is, to talk about uh, some programs that are available for youth in our area. But what a magnificent facility for kids uh, playing baseball and softball, for adults playing every sport and uh, they've got a state-of-the-art uh, 70-yard indoor turf field, uh, the latest equipment, expert uh, instructors uh, to, to get you through a program that will get you fit, fine-tune your skills, help your kids out a lot in their endeavors. And so we want to thank D1 and DBAT Training for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour and encourage you 
uh, to utilize uh, that great facility. Again, Catherine uh, on the show tomorrow. Scott Barry will be joining us tomorrow as well. Clarence Weatherspoon on the show Wednesday. Uh, Kelly, you were telling me, uh, and I'll let you talk about this for a minute. I'll make a quick comment, probably not the most popular thing I'm going to say this week, but I was at the ballpark for a while uh, Sunday afternoon, and throughout the broadcast, throughout the game, rather, repeated broadcast, repeated over and over and over and over. You know, we're glad you're here. We're glad we can get baseball going. Please abide by, you know, the rules, which are to stay socially distanced and to please wear a mask when you're inside of the facility. My congratulations to 80% of the crowd who was doing what they needed to do and, and helping uh, let everybody enjoy the game without any potential exposure. But, I, you know, I just shake my head at the 15 or 20% that are sitting there hearing the PA announcer talk to you about socially distancing and wearing a mask. with, And these are people with no mask crowded up together, just absolutely ignoring the rules and uh, it's kind of that narcissistic behavior that you not only see there, but you see all through society. Unfortunately, it's always 10 to 20 percent. And and just to illustrate why people should not be doing that, tell the, tell the story of William Carey Ladies Basketball. Yeah, William Carey University in, in Hattiesburg, they've, they've, this year, uh, Coach Tracy English has been there a while, and he has one of the best teams, women's teams that he's had in probably 25 years. And they were going to go into the SSAC tournament this week as the number two or three seed, and they were down in Mobile a week ago Saturday and um, you know, went to Mobile and a huge crowd on hand, and apparently you know, no, no problem with COVID in Mobile. You're, you wouldn't think so anyway because with the large crowd, very few people social distancing, very few people wearing masks. Um, well, they, they you know, test some of the William Carey Players a couple days later, a couple of them were, came down with COVID. Coach Tracy English had COVID, and they all think that they that they got it in Mobile because of all those people and and no masks. So, long story short, William Carey now, who was going to be rewarded for this great team that they've got this year, going to the tournament as the second or third seed, now they're not going to be able to go at all, and they're not going to be able to go to the national tournament in Kansas City when they probably would have gotten a berth to play in the national tournament. So, and that's not because of anything they did, but because the things and the things that the people in Mobile did not do. Right, right. So um, it's it's not over yet, folks. I mean, there you know, there's definitely some encouraging signs, but um, it's it's not over yet. But I was glad to see that Al Holder, you know, made it down. Somebody told me that he was he was before the game. He was mixing his favorite <laughs> drinks for some of his friends. It's a mixture of prune juice and eggnog and he calls it the last minute christmas rush um you'll be hearing from him kelly i don't think you have to worry about that uh you're right and here's what here's what i observed yesterday this this was what i was thinking to myself every kid on both baseball team had their faces covered every coach on the field had their faces covered some of the kids kept their face mask on and the bandanas around their faces even when they were batting and some when they were playing but the kids, the players, the coaches, the officials, everybody, everybody connected with actually carrying out the games, abiding 100%. So if you care about your baseball team and you don't want to hear about your baseball team having the same fate that the William Carey women's basketball team has apparently had, wear the daggum mask when you're there. Am, yeah, am I being again, unreasonable, Kelly? No, and again, that wasn't anything that William Carey did. It was the right. mobile 
the Mobile fans. It was the fans. Yeah, the fans right? in Mobile. And and to, and to show you how how serious Northwestern State was about it, Bob, I was telling you I was at the the uh, Marriott, you know, last night where they were staying. Their their um, ticket, so to speak, for their Fourth Street uh, Bar and Grill meal. Right. As they got back to the Marriott, you know, the food was all ready to go, and Coach Barbier told the guys, first thing before you get your food, get in line, and their training their training staff had a whole table set up where they could be rapid tested. So they had to be they had to be tested first, and only when they got tested, then they could go in and eat. Right. So all, so, they, so all these programs are just doing everything they can to yes. keep their seasons from being ruined. The fans need to do the same thing if they really care about their teams. I, that's just my opinion. Yeah, it makes total sense, and I'm pleased to report those those were all of the quick tests, and not one of the demons, not one of them tested positive. Well, so good. I'm glad to hear. Because, like they say, you know, we've waited this long. We we don't want to do anything to screw this up. Uh, and I hope that that uh, group of young men has a great season. I think they will. I think they're very talented, uh, and they're certainly a first class bunch. All right, the bottom of the sixth inning is still nine to nothing at the peak. Uh, so it looks like the Eagles will take the uh, the rubber game and uh, win the series two games to one. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.